If you are in Sydney or Melbourne, listen up because we have some exciting news for you. Listen. Yeah, listen. Saturday, July. (laughs) Melbourne, we are doing Do Go On The Quiz Show live one night only or one afternoon only. Part of the Replay Festival at Comedy Republic on Saturday, July 6th at 3pm. This is 2024. And then the next weekend in Sydney, we are going up for a live Do Go On podcast at the fabulous Ritz Cinema on Saturday, July 13th at 3pm. Also 2024. Yeah, 2024. Yeah. Listen. 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 And get tickets. Buy tickets. Tickets at dogoonpod.com. Let's do it! Yeah! When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hi, everyone. It's Dave and Jess here dropping into your feed. Hello. Um, We are just dropping in to let you know that, I mean, we've let you know several times. Surely by now you know, but... We have a brand new web series up on YouTube and what you're about to hear is a little taste of that web series. That's right, the audio only version. So this totally works as a podcast, but if you want to see uh, the visuals, our faces, some animation, lots of sexy stuff this week. Oh, yes. Uh, you oh, can, my. Oh, my God, to be honest, <laughs> a little too sexy. Yeah, I, I, just, I thought, oh, boy. Yeah, for some of you, the audio may be enough. But if you want to see more of it, you can click the... Uh, in the description of this episode, there's a very easy link to click and it'll take you straight to the web series. And this week, I'm doing a report, as I'm about to tell you, on the great Stork Derby slash Derby. And it is a wild time. It's a lot of fun. This is a very fun episode. And there's a couple more uh, episodes of the web series still to come. Um, but we've had a lot of fun with it. And we hope you've enjoyed listening slash watching them. All right. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. How far would you go to win a bet? What if $10 million was on the line? When a Canadian lawyer died, he set up a bizarre will that would give his fortune to the woman that gave birth to the most children over the next 10 years. And things got a little weird. Let me tell you about the Great Stork Derby. Hello and welcome to the library. My name is Dave Warnke and I'm sitting in the library with Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart. Hello. What are you doing? I'm trying to rebrand the show, you know, call it the library. Oh. Do you like that? No. <laughs> okay, well, um, whatever you want to call it, we'll call it that. Thank you, correct. All right. <laughs> no, we're calling it thank, thank you, you, correct. Yeah, welcome to thank you, correct. Do you want to run it again? Yeah, start again. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to thank you, correct. My name is Dave Warnke and I'm here. Sorry, I'm going to stop you right there. Your name, uh, Dave Warnke. That doesn't sound too good. I like it. Your name is Max Power. Go again. Hello and welcome to Thank You Correct. My name is Max Power and I'm sitting here with Jeremy Withers and Christine (laughs) Bloop. Oh, Bloop. 
Sorry, Anu is my middle name. <laughs> Christine Anu Bloop. Hello, right, have you here? I'm Jeremy Withers. So good to be here. Are you, are you happy with what you've done? Yeah, look this what you've done. This all happened because you tried to rebrand as the library and now we're here. I think we should have stuck with the library. But anyway, um, guys, today we're talking about a very strange will. When there's a strange will, there's a strange way. <laughs> yeah, there is a strange way about this episode. Mm. Now, often on our podcast, Do Go On, over the years, we've talked about people that have given birth to lots of children. And every time we do that, we ask, what's the question we ask, Jess? Do they know what's causing it? <laughs> Where does that come from? <laughs> it comes from my dad. I mean, he definitely didn't think of it himself. He was the one causing all the kids. That's where it comes from. Yeah. He oh caused a lot of kids. It's been busy, old too. John. <laughs> um, no, something my dad always says if somebody is from a really large family, which he is, but he'll always say, well, do they know what's causing it? Um, and he laughs every time. <laughs> and others. Oh, so do I. No, honestly, John, I'm with you on this one. Every time is funny. Every time. <laughs> I feel like that question's going to come up a lot today. I feel like we're going to try and answer that question here today. Welcome to Inside the Actors Studio. <laughs> this is where we go behind the scenes. Where some podcast sayings come from. <laughs> today we're talking about John Perkins and his classic saying, they know what's causing it. <laughs> With me, Jeremy Withers. Welcome, Jeremy. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm Jeremy Withers. <laughs> That's another option we could use. I like it a lot. I like it. I'll I also like that um, Jeremy Withers' catchphrase is, I'm Jeremy Withers. I think that's pretty cool, you know? He knows who he is. Mm. I respect that. Does he know who he isn't? No. Okay. <laughs> Two separate questions. Absolutely not. <laughs> All right, let me tell you about the great Stork Derby. Now, Charles Vance Miller. Oh, good name. Was born in Canada in 1854 and died 72 years later in Toronto. 72, it's a good innings. He did all right in yeah. that time. And in that time, he built quite a fortune as a lawyer, but also as the president and part owner of the O'Keefe Brewing Company. Okay. Ah. He's a brewer. <laughs> now Matt's listening. Yeah, yeah, beer, okay. Brewing. Hello. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> you had me at lawyer. Are you I sure? It, law. It's, you're saying derby. Wouldn't Canadians say derby? Like the proper way? <laughs> I'm sticking with derby. Okay. I support you. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I will talk about you behind your back. I know. Can you believe he's saying derby? Derby. <laughs> derpy, more like it. Derpy derp. <laughs> derby sounds... No. Just blame our Australian accent. So it's a different culture here. Yeah, we say derby. Guys. And then you're but covered. we don't say derby. Shut up. Okay. If we say it, then we're covered. And anybody oh. who has a go at us for how we say it, we get to call them racist. I'm pretty sure in North America they say derby. There you go. Derby. But in the Queen's Canada, where they speak proper English... <laughs> Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, Charles Miller never married and had no children mm. of his own. And he spent his He spare... never figured out what was causing it. No. He tried and he tried. He didn't know how to make them. <laughs> Basically, he didn't know how to talk to women. Yeah. That was his problem. But he spent his uh, spare time at the racing stable where he owned horses. And they were good horses, too. In 1915, his horse, Tartarine, won the King's Plate, now known as the Queen's Plate, which is Canada's oldest thoroughbred horse race. Cool. I can only assume it's their Melbourne Cup. Yeah. He later donated the large uh, racing cash prize to the hospital for sick children. Aww. So you're thinking, he sounds like he's a great guy. Nice Paints guy. him in a good light. But he also held the view that every man has his price. And his idea of a good time was to leave $1 bills on the ground and hide behind a bush and watch as people picked them up. Frank, Jeff. How Wait, did he what's prank, the prank them? How did he prank them? He put a, a <laughs> dollar bill down and someone picked it up and went, oh, I found a dollar. Yeah, it wasn't attached to a fishing rod or anything like that. It was just on the ground and he was going, 
I wouldn't pick up a dollar, but this person would. A dollar back then? It's worth three, four million bucks now. <laughs> yeah, I'd pick that up. Told you he was rich. I'd he pick was up rich. a dollar now, you know? Yeah. For when I go to the supermarket and you need to put a coin in to get a trolley. And I'm always like, God damn it, I don't have any coins. <laughs> I was at the pub the other day and I went down to pick up a dollar. It was a bottle cap. <laughs> <laughs> and you still kept it? I said, I've got it right now. <laughs> so well, Unfortunately, my local milk bar will not accept it. <laughs> We're having a furious argument right now <laughs> over text. You text your milk bar? Yeah. yeah. You don't text your milk bar? Absolutely not. I'm always like, morning, Jerry, got any milk? And he's like, yeah, Jess, it's what I mostly sell. <laughs> you ever write back, no, yeah. something's gone wrong at Jerry's milk bar. No, and then I don't bother going. I need to make sure it's there before I go and get it. Well, I just wrote a really sternly worded little missive there, and I don't think we'll be hearing <laughs> another word out of old Kenny J- J- Jiminy. <laughs> Kenny Jiminy. Runs the best milk bar this side of town. Your instinct was to go with Kenny G, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think I smoothly got away with it. Just like our friend Kenny Jiminy. (laughs) Imagine Kenny G owning a milk bar. It's pretty fun. That's great. That's a fun idea. (laughs) But imagine this fun prank, right? You put a dollar on the ground and you hide behind a bush. Wait, stay with me. And then someone picks it up and they walk away with it. You just get to watch him go. Because every man has his price. It's the lamest thing I've ever heard. Well, he had terrible pranks in life, but his pranks in death were a lot better. <laughs> let me tell you about them. I already told you he died at the age of 72 in 1926, and he died a wealthy, wealthy man. But with no children or a partner, people wondered where his fortune would go. Mm. A lot of his friends thought he'd be donating to something like the local university, as he sometimes talked about that. Oh, he sometimes talked about it. This is why I'm always nice to old people, because you never know. You never know. They might have no one but you. You hear stories of, like, you know, people befriending their elderly neighbour and then they pass away and and that person just inherits, like, something cool. So, yeah, I'm always friendly to old people. I've never heard that story. It happens. But I'm... You'll hear it when it happens to me. Well, I'm starting to wonder why you two became friends with me. Yeah, you're so close to the grave. So close. And I assume you've got money somewhere. You could <laughs> I got leave a bottle me, cap. <laughs> you could leave me a box of band t-shirts. Okay. You got a lot of them. I do. They're so. all yours. I'd love to I'd love them to their legacy to live on. Beautiful. Beyond Great. the grave. There you go. See? It works. Great. Something to wash the car with. Love it. <laughs> rags. Rags. Hooray. Oh, a box of rags. Appreciate that. Thank you. I thought you had nothing. <laughs> He's got rags. rags. Uh, So people thought he might donate it to Toronto University, Mm. but he decided to do something very different indeed. He decided to prank people from beyond the grave (laughs) by leaving a very unusual will. Two dollars on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Pick it up, you pigs. Two dollars left in his coffin. Whoever (laughs) finds it keeps it. (laughs) Probably the grave digger. Imagine the amount of rags you could buy. Two (laughs) dollars. Oh, so many rags. rags. From rags to riches, (laughs) in a way. Uh, he wrote the will himself. After all, he was a lawyer with intricate knowledge of the law. It was written and, in crayon, but yeah, still. But still, but it was exquisitely written in crayon. <laughs> the will was written as if to push the very boundaries of what would be accepted. And he acknowledged this uh, writing in the will, quote, This will is necessarily uncommon and capricious because I have no dependents or near relations and no duty rests upon me to leave any property at my death. And what I do leave is proof of my folly in gathering and retaining more than I required in my lifetime. End quote. Oh, okay. It's a beautiful quote. I zoned out, actually. It Basically, was... I've got a lot of money. I've got no one to leave it to. Right. So I'm going to have fun with it. Okay. What did he say about Confucius there? Uh, Confucius, he say, leave the will okay. to the way. 
<laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, uh, let's just move on. Um, <laughs> some of the things he left to people included, there's a few notes in the will. He left his shares in the Ontario Jockey Club to three people, two of whom were upstanding members of the community and who publicly opposed betting on horse racing, <laughs> and a third man who was the absolute opposite, and uh, as a saloon and racetrack owner, he was known in the gambling community. <laughs> so two upright citizens who hate gambling, one person who supports gambling. All three could only claim their shares, which were very valuable, at £1,500 worth in the day, but they could only get the money if they joined the club and agreed to do so as a group. But if one was out, they were all out. The two conservatives did join the club for a token five minutes, just long enough to cash in their shares, but I guess they had to sell out on their principles to get the money. Yeah, I'd do that. He thought that was a good time. Every man has his price. Yeah, what a weird thing. I think I have many principles that I wouldn't bend. For £1,500. Yeah. Like even in today's money. Yeah, big time. Because that's what, three grand in Australia? Yeah. Yeah, great. Please. Imagine all the things I could buy with that. What about a holiday home in Kingston, Jamaica, which he left to three lawyers that he knew hated each other? The deal was if one of them sold, all the money would be donated to feed the poor. (laughs) It later turned out to be a double prank on the lawyers, and Miller had already sold the home two years before his death, but he just wanted to fuck with them. (laughs) Okay, that I like. So they had to go through working out a way with two people you hate only to find there's no property in Kingston. (laughs) It's like a a weird sort of jigsaw. Yeah. From the Saw. Yeah. Like a very, very soft version of the Saw films. Yeah. And if you sell, poor people get fed. <laughs> okay. All right. That sounds great, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I want to play a game too. All right. <laughs> uh, he also left some of his stock in the brewery to very conservative pastors who were publicly in favour of prohibition. <laughs> Again. That's good. To cash out, they had to sell out their principles. <laughs> but the most famous entry in the will that would come to be associated with him is what is known as the Great Stork Derby. Or Derby. Or Derby. Mm. Edit as appropriate. It was the ninth clause. Really, it was just two sentences that stated, The mother who gives birth in Toronto to the greatest number of children, as shown by the registrations under the Vital Statistics Act, shall receive all the rest of my money. If one or more of the mothers have the equal highest number of registrations under the Act, they are to divide the said monies and accumulations equally between them. So if there's a tie, you split the cash. Super weird. And the money that he pledged was very sizable, equal to $9 million Canadian dollars in today's money, which is $7 million US or $10 million Australian dollars. By today's money. Yeah. That's insane. Crazy. So whoever has the most children in 10 years gets $10 million Australian dollars. That's so irresponsible. <laughs> it's crazy. What? It's irresponsible <laughs> to reward people for giving birth to kids they possibly don't even want? Okay, if that's or, irresponsible, then... Or can then. afford to look after well, They can afford. They're going to get $10 million. Yeah, one of but them's like, going to be able to afford it. one of them is. One of them. Yeah. And the other one's going to just put the babies in a bin or something. It doesn't matter. <laughs> just chuck them out. <laughs> the bin just full chuck of, them out if you don't need them. The bin anymore. full of money or... Yeah, the, yeah. Bin, the bin, bin is what oh, he calls well, a cot. Oh, yeah, oh, okay. bin. I Put him bin. in the bin I for mean, a nap. Yeah. yeah, that's what we call it in Australia. I mean, right? like in, a, in an old Victorian era... Orphanage, that's what I meant. In a bin. Chuck it in a bin. And what, so more, what year more, is this? More mush for dinner. That sort of thing. Yeah, more you know? mush. This is, is in like... 1926. The, is that the Depression? Ah. Well. Kick it, it's getting up to it, isn't it? It's obviously a lot of money even in today's standards. Yeah, $10 million. Huge. But this de- the decade after Miller's death would include part of the Great Depression. Oh. And Canada was hit very hard. Miller probably wouldn't have known this was coming. Not many people saw it coming. Sure. 
But just to show how tough people had it, in 1933, between a quarter and a third of all working age Canadians were unemployed. People were really, really struggling to get by financially. So this is a real carrot on the end of a stick. But if you don't win, then you have a bunch of kids and no jobs. This feels like a terrible idea. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Is this a better prank than $1 on the ground and hide behind a bush? I don't know if he knows what a prank is. I don't think I know what a prank is based on this story. I thought it would sort of be like holding a chair for someone and then when they go to sit down, you yank it out under them. And, and whoever fall. does that the most in 10 years <laughs> will get $10 million. Oh, my God. But the, the only difference is you yank the chair out from a pregnant woman yeah. who's about to have a record amount of babies. That's funny. That is funny. You okay, now I get it. I know, I know, I do. I know. And in a ten-year period as well, like there's no rest. It's like how pop do, one out, go again. How many again. do you reckon you can have in ten years? What are your predictions? What do you think the most? Well, I know my nana had thirteen kids over a period of about twenty years, and sure, that was relatively non-stop. And that was without $10 million on the line? No, no cash on the line. <laughs> it was probably the opposite. Every kid was a little less money they had. So My grandma had not eight in 15, 16 years, but there was twins in there. Mm. I think oh, yeah. you've got to be going. You've, you, you'd be hoping that twins or like triplets run in your family. You know, most people, if you found out you were pregnant with triplets, you'd be like, oh, my God, you'd be a bit shocked. Excited, sure. But shocked. In this one, you'd be like, (laughs) (laughs) thank you. You'd be spending your cash. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be like, take that. Calling your kids Huey, Dewey, and Louie and opening up your money bin, I reckon. And anytime you saw another mother in the park with one kid, you'd be like, (laughs) nice try. (laughs) (laughs) Nice try, mono mom. (laughs) I'm so tired, (laughs) but I'm going to be rich and tired. Yeah, that's that's perfect. So I'm guessing, based on maybe our family's experiences, Maybe about um, seven, but probably. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, growing, getting bigger, it all means the same thing. Squarespace (laughs) makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. And if you're worried about like, well, I don't know how to write stuff for a website to make myself look good, well, you can get help with the written content for your website with Squarespace AI. You can generate instant personalized results that highlight your brand identity you can explain what your site's about choose your tone enter what you need and bang you got some short and long form text baby so squarespace ai makes it easy to go live stand out and succeed online i'm so glad you had that bit because i thought it was pronounced squarespace ai (laughs) (laughs) anyway sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses Or sell files your customers can download. I don't know if I'm hitting all these words as (laughs) intended, like PDFs, music, or e-books. I would love to buy Matt's e-book. I'd like to buy Matt's course, and you you can do that. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Be more like Matt. 
Oh, okay. 101. <laughs> wow. How yeah. many? One, does it go to 102? It goes all the way to 102. <laughs> wow. You can customise everything with next generation editing technology. You can create engaging lessons your audience will love and then set the price. You can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Matt, how much is it to be more like Matt 101? Oh, three mil. Wow. wow. Like per month or? Yeah, USD. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com slash do go on. We'll need a twin in there. Yeah, you got to have a twin in there. you got to have seven a multiple. It can't be... Yeah, it's got to maybe... So you have more than seven in ten years would be wild. So it's nine months it takes, right? Yeah. And if you're like, if you're getting it done straight away... What's that? Nine months, and then the next one's like eight months. I don't months. think you can you even can't. give birth the very next day. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> let's speed up this gestation period. I don't think you can see can conceive one the very next day. Can you? It can happen pretty soon after, but it's pretty so rare. Nine. Let's say let's say a year each. Then it's ten. Yeah. So ten is like would be wild. Ten mm. would be insane. It would be insane. Oh, oh my no. goodness. That would be insane. So it's a crazy will. And the will really took Miller's friends by surprise and people started to speculate as to why he'd made the stipulation in the first place. Was it a joke? Had he figured that it would just be rejected by a judge? He's very good with the law, but nothing like this has ever been written before. Does he actually expect it to be upheld? Some said he was trying to shine a spotlight on contraception and get people talking about it. Because he apparently is very pro-contraception in I'm life. I'm starting a conversation. But... <laughs> he's, he is essentially doing the opposite, though. Yeah, because he's making people... Do it <laughs> without uh, contraception. I reckon what happened here is he thought he'd become a ghost and he'd get to watch a lot of people bone him. Oh, yeah, he's a big perv. <laughs> and he's like, I did this. I did this. I'm <laughs> You're involved. doing this because of me. Yeah, yeah, this is kind of a threesome technically. <laughs> technically, I'm in it. I'm on ya. Oh. <laughs> I'm lying. I'm sort of floating through ya. Oh, actually, that goes me out. I'm going to go in the corner, but I'm going to still watch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I felt weird going through ya. Oh, oh, God. It's very cold. What's his name again? Charles. Charles. You dirty Charles. dog, Charles. Charles. Charlie. Charlie. Dog. Charlie. So, so there are two theories. The, the third theory, the one that I uh, tend to favour is that, was he just a dick? I wanted to prove yet again his favourite phrase, every man has his price. Mm. Oh. A lengthy court battle was also fought over the Miller fortune by some of his distant relatives that suddenly appeared after his death. <laughs> as they do, yeah. As ghosts. Oh. No, as non-ghosts. And they all made claims to the cash. The case continued through the court and eventually reached the Supreme Court, which was tasked with determining if the clause was in fact legal. Was it immoral to encourage women to give birth just for a competition? The case lasted for years and was extremely complicated. So there's people arguing about whether it's legal and also relatives trying to sue and be like, yeah, that's illegal, I'll have it, I'll have the money. The media had fun reporting on Miller's strange will early on, talking about the house in Jamaica and the priests and all that kind of stuff, but it didn't actually seem to kick off any baby-making competition, especially when it might not actually be held up. Yeah. Imagine if you were giving birth to six babies only to discover that it's not, you're not eligible. Yeah, and then so, you've got six kids. Yeah, so people weren't rolling the dice on it Just until yet. they found out. It's well, happening. To me, that's stupid. Because if you're going to roll the dice on it, roll the dice. Get started. You'd be smart to jump everyone else who is waiting back. Especially if you could somehow already be pregnant when it started. Because some people would have been pregnant when... You are very on the money today. <laughs> oh, today. It is, it is rare, yes. Congratulations. <laughs> Worth pointing out. Have we got a banner on here, Evan, saying congratulations, Matt. You're finally right. 
No, he's not. I mean, he's close. Well, yeah, well <laughs> let me tell you how you're right. Six, good. six years after Miller had died, the Attorney General got sick of the case and tried to pass a bill that would reject the will and instead donate all of the money to Toronto University. But this was a bit of a mistake and actually drew more attention to the case <laughs> and people rallied against this decision. Some groups are groups you might not actually expect to get behind it. Women's groups were in favour of the contest being recognised because as they saw it, why shouldn't women be allowed to have a crack at the money? Yeah, okay, yeah, sure. I mean, you can't do it alone, so it's... You can't, <laughs> why shouldn't people yeah, be allowed yeah. to, you know? But it is the woman who gives birth the most, who gets a reward with, the, with the money. Other people just didn't want the government intervening. After receiving 14,000 letters that basically told them to keep their stinking mitts off the money, <laughs> the government withdrew their proposal and allowed the competition to go ahead. So six years in, it's officially on. Right, but, six years. But is it starting back then or no. is it starting now? Okay. The clock has been ticking this whole time. And now it's been widely publicised, the media went crazy for the story. But as I just stated, six of the ten years have already expired. Right. There were only four years left before the competition expired. So short of someone giving birth to octuplets, the woman who was most likely to win had probably already given birth to lots of children in the previous years. Yeah, she just had to top it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you just need four more, four more years. I've already got eight years. kids. Four more years, let's kick <laughs> on. I've already got eight kids, I could go for triplets. Yeah, take me up, round me up to a beautiful eleven. Uh, the media looked up birth records and went and knocked on the doors of women who had had multiple births, being like, you're in. You're in with a chance. Some had already, already had six births in the previous six years. So already one for one. All right. That's a hot streak. Yeah, they're on a heater. Well. <laughs> just don't think about it. Don't get in your own <laughs> yeah. way. Just keep, keep it going. going. Just keep going. Be the ball and, and <laughs> throw yourself or whatever. <laughs> so in a way, it's less fucked than I had originally thought because, I mean... This will is still definitely fucked up, don't, don't get me wrong. But the people that have a shot at winning have already had multiple births without any monetary incentive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've already had six births in six years. That was just how you were living your life. The yeah. olden days just used to be like that. They didn't have a lot to do. Yeah. You know, there, weren't, there wasn't Netflix. And so, of contra- course, you just yeah, fuck the whole time. <laughs> Contraception was really it was frowned upon, right? Yeah, 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 big time. So those are the big Catholic families and stuff. Yeah. And you're right, no Netflix. No Netflix. So you're just like, well, what do no we do? No Netflix. But there was chill. <laughs> I've read the newspaper. It was all chill, baby. <laughs> I've read the newspaper three times. Guess we may as well all get right. our freak on. Let's go again. <laughs> <laughs> Lay the newspaper down. Yeah. Let's not make a mess. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I had sheets. Oh. Well, I, think, I don't know. Wow, okay, so some people already... That's crazy. You'd think they'd just started again, but they've just been fighting it for so oh, long. Oh, yeah, so long. It's four years to go. Because if wow. it's written, it's got to be in the 10 years after he dies. Is yeah. that why? Because it does feel unfair. Or very fair. So Whatever. he died on uh, Halloween 1926. Right. Ooh. Ten, ooh, 10 years from that date, Halloween 1936. Ooh. That's when it stops. Uh, just to give you a bit of context, in 1933, six and a bit years into the competition technically, time-wise, the five women leading the race had 56 kids between them. Sorry, what? 32 had been born in the competition stated time limit. So some of them had already six in the in six years, but before that, they've already got four. They've got a, 11 or something. Wow. What? They're going to keep going. Yeah. No. F- no. Five women, 56 kids between them. So it's no. an average of 11.2. Oh. Oh. You guys aren't... Feeling the same way I am because your bodies can't birth children. Yeah, on the other way, I'm like, well, it's 11.2 good times. Oh, no. <laughs> but I also, I, I grew up with 
a fan, like once out of my family with 13 kids, so it doesn't even seem crazy to me. I know. No, no, no. But me too. I came from mm. big families, but I'm just thinking about them coming out of my body. Yeah. That's what's getting in my yeah. head right and now. Also you well, say- my Swiss Italian nana, she lived that. Yeah. But was it over 20 years you gave birth to the 13? Yeah, I think it was around. Yeah. So I think the, when the young, my youngest auntie was born, my eldest auntie was already an adult. Yeah. Yeah, my dad's, that word right? my dad's oldest brother is 16 years older than him. Right. Something like that. Big, big gaps. Oh, bleh, Big gaps is exactly what ended up happening. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you hide your regret face. You regret straight down that camera. <laughs> so it became huge news around Canada and around the world. And some newspapers even paid mothers for exclusive interviews and updates on their progress, creating sort of characters out of them. Well, let's check in with Mrs. Smith. So they're How's all getting going? some cash anyway along the way. Yeah, a little bit just to make sure you don't talk to the other newspaper. You talk to me. You tell me when you're pregnant. You announce it to me. Don't tell your husband. Love, <laughs> tell I, me. Don't tell your family. I love tell the these kids. stories because people always talk about modern media of having lost the plot. Oh, all these, all this scandal bullshit. It's all sensationalist stuff. It's like, oh, that's the media forever, by yeah. the way. Yeah, apparently... It got a bit crazy. Like some of the women were being hounded, and they weren't really interested. They were just like, "I've just got six kids. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Just, I'm living my life, and now you're like, you know, making a character out of me. And if anything tragic ever happened, if one of the they lost one of the pregnancies or anything yeah. like that, they talk about it in the context of the competition oh. rather than obviously oh, a tragic event for a family. In yeah. terms of the money, yeah, exactly. Oh, you're not going to get the money now. How do you feel about that? It's like I'm actually um, going I'm through morning some. A- Serious yeah. tragedy here. Yeah. Far out. But these are the reporters that coined the phrase the Great Stork Derby. Derby. So they came up with something good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's what it's known to history as. Uh, so the 10-year period came to an end on Halloween 1936. Ooh. Ooh. Spooky. And at that time, it was not immediately clear who had won. Six women all claimed to have had nine births in the 10-year period. Perfect. That's that's a bunch of money for all of them. Yes, yeah, great up. result. Well done. Great. Good job, but everyone. then there's a one woman who's trying to beat the clock. She's pushing so hard. <laughs> it's eleven fifty-eight. <laughs> it's also only two months into her pregnancy. <laughs> but she's trying. <laughs> but still, it's eleven fifty-eight. Uh, but questions were asked. The competition didn't really have rules stated in Miller's two-sentence description. He was pretty vague about it. Did the children have to be born in wedlock to count? Oh, come if on. If that's not written, then no, surely. If you've birthed a kid, it counts. It counts, right? I'm, if I'm your body's you. gone through trauma, it mm. counts. Does it have to be a human? Because some of them got some puppies. <laughs> what about that? Didn't say anything about that. As long as the puppies were born in wedlock. Okay. If you were married <laughs> to the puppy, it's okay. Well to the dog. Uh, tragically, they also debated whether stillbirths counted in the total. Ah. So you've given birth, the baby hasn't survived. So that's Does that, that still count? Right. Obviously, extremely traumatic event for any mother, and now they're debating about that. Jeez. So there were legal challenges aplenty, with each woman getting a lawyer to represent them. Cool. So, so s- six claiming. Racking up some kind of legal fees. So as you, well, I don't know, maybe this, is, this guy was a lawyer. Was that his plan all along, to get his lawyer friends rich? <sighs> now, in the end, the court ruled that four women should share the money for giving birth to nine children. The winning women were Annie Catherine Smith, Kathleen Ellen Nagel, Lucy Alice Timlek, and Isabel Mary McLean. All had nine children. Nine children, and they'd split the money four ways. Wow. Cool two and a half million Aussie dollars these days. Two women were left out of this. 
six were claiming it. Pauline May Clark's claims were rejected because her children had been born to two different men, one of whom wasn't her husband, and it was ruled that only, quote, legitimate children should count. Despite uh, that stipulation not being written anywhere in Miller's I will. I mean, they're alive, they're human beings, mm. uh, and she gave birth to them. Mm, it's just a very conservative society, and the judge ruled that that's what Miller would have wanted, even though he never said that. Mm. That's That'd annoying. feel good for that kid too, hey? Yeah. What's that? I'm not... Oh, okay. Okay, thank you. I'm not a real... Okay, I don't, I don't exist. Uh, the other lady who was left out is even more tragic, and that is Lillian Kenny, who had her claim rejected because two of her births were stillborn. And again, despite it not saying that in the will, remember, all it said was, to the mother who has since my death given birth in Toronto to the greatest number of children, but they didn't live and they just, the judge ruled that because the children didn't survive, that they didn't count in the total, and she was knocked down to seven. Oh, <laughs> Imagine being that judge. What a wild thing to... Yeah, so she doesn't get... Because it's not... It's like he had to make that decision. It would have been a he. No. <laughs> <laughs> but they... um, Yeah, it's like... It would make sense... He would have had to have found a way to make that ruling rather than just going, oh, well, it's not written there, yeah, so obviously they will win. there's no precedent for this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why not split it six ways Just and you're all still six. very rich? Totally. But I do have some better news, <gasps> and that is Mrs. Clark and Mrs. Kenny both challenged the decision in court, resulting in an out-of-court settlement where each woman received $12,500, which is about 10% of what the other winning women received. So in the end, they got something. And what, how did they, how, where did that money come from? from uh, I believe women? they actually challenged against the government and they decided right. to rather than have a lengthy court battle, we'll pay you out this money to stop the proceedings. I would have thought it would be nice if all the mums sort of banded together and the ones who did win just split it anyway. I know, because it was a lot of money. In in the end, uh, if the winners got $2.5 million Aussie, Clark and Kenny both got about $250,000. Still pretty good. So still sizable, especially during the Great Depression. Yeah. I have read that the families all lived quite sensibly and frugally after their windfalls, but according to the Torontoist... Kenny had a fondness for taxi rides and once paid for a round trip to Niagara Falls with a $100 bill, which is about $1,600 US in today's money. Oh, my God. (laughs) She just liked taxis. I love taxis. And the dead man... God, Uber would blow her mind. I reckon it would. Get a little mint and a water bottle. Thank you so much. Imagine a helicopter. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, there'd be so many other things that would blow her mind. Imagine Netflix. That'd blow her mind. (laughs) <laughs> Hovercraft. <laughs> and the dead man Miller's distant relatives laying claim to the money? Well, they got nothing. Good. That must feel so weird. Oh, this guy, yeah, I believe that we're vaguely related. Give me his stuff. Please. Yeah, well, as you can see, money does weird things to people and every man has his price. Yeah, I look, I don't deny that. I would do nearly anything for the right amount of money. <laughs> yeah, nearly? Probably anything. Mm. Make us an offer in the comments below. <laughs> Uh, It's hard to say how many children were born because of the competition. Again, because these people already had big families at the time. But we finally have an answer. Do they know what's causing it? (laughs) Turns out it's an eccentric Canadian millionaire with too much money. (laughs) There you go. There's your answer, Dad. Now stop asking (laughs) I'd be watching, Dad. Is is, Is he my dad too? Yes. Yeah. Hope you're watching our dad. What's his name again? John. John. Dad. Dad. I call him Dad, dad, so I don't know his name. He never learned his name. I never learned his name. (laughs) Don't need to. Don't need to because he's dad to me. He's dad. Anyway, dad, (laughs) thanks for everything. Squat, you did it. We did it. I'm sorry.
I didn't want to. Hey, hey, I didn't hey, want to. I didn't want to hey, do this. Shut the fuck up. Hey, <laughs> I, I didn't. Matt, shut the fuck up. Hey, shh. Thank you. Thank you're really you. bringing us down. Shut the fuck up. Okay. Sorry, I've just got a text from my milk bar. <laughs> you banned for life? Yeah. <laughs> so no more musk sticks. Oh, no. Oh, no more big bosses. Oof. Love big bosses. Well, that's it for the Great Stork Derby slash Derby. Now, this is a spin-off of our podcast, Do Go On, with over 200 episodes to listen to. If you like this topic, check out some of our other crazy but true story episodes like The Collar Bomb Heist, The Video Game Crash, The Mouse Universe Experiments, and The Barkley Marathon. Subscribe for free on your favourite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe to this channel to check out our other videos. Good job, Dave. Thank you. How many kids do you reckon we could have? Oh, in 10 years? Yeah. What, was, what did the nine? Nine and ten. Nine and ten. That annoys me. Go for one more. All right. You know, have twins. Is it that much to ask? I don't, none of them. We didn't say that. None of them had twins. Six had nine. Amazing. Sixty-nine. Nice. Nice. <laughs> nice. Okay, now I'm back on board. Nice. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.